All right. Um, I want to welcome you to the uh, 2020 annual business meeting of Christian Fellowship Church. It's actually 2021, but we're going to be going over the things that happened in 2020. Um, so I just want to say thanks for being here, and I'm glad you all decided to take some interest in what we're doing. Um, Pastor Tim's got a lot of notes. Uh, he's going to be talking about uh, a mission statement, introduction of uh, leadership, uh, some finance things, ministries, a building update and missions, and he's got more pages of notes than I do, so he'll be telling you more about other things. But, uh, but someone handed me a, uh, a letter. Uh, b before I read the letter, I just want to tell you uh, uh, it's not beyond the realms of uh, possibilities that a pastor and his wife may have a disagreement. So I just, you know, I want to tell you that before I read this letter. Uh, it's just a short thing. All right. Um, it says, Pastor Tim and Annette were on vacation, coming up on a town they couldn't pronounce. Um, it's, it was something like Nacho Tochis or something like that. Anyway, uh, they started arguing about the pronunciation of the town. They argued back and forth. Uh, and, uh, and then when they came to the place, uh, they wanted to stop for lunch at that place. At the counter, Pastor Tim asked the waitress, before we order, could you please settle an argument for us? Would you please pronounce the name of this place slowly? The waitress leaned forward and looked at Pastor Tim and said, Burger King. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the meeting. Pastor Tim, you're on. Of the city was Nacogdoches. That's what you were trying to say, um, but I know it's a lie. Because when was the last time we were on vacation? It's been a while. So, all right. Well, let's just open with a word of prayer. We got a special prayer request this morning or this afternoon. Terry, uh, Terry Ames's aunt Ruth is struggling with uh, COVID. She's 85, and they're actually looking at possibly putting her on a ventilator. And, and she knows the Lord, and so that's what's important. But we just want to pray over her really quickly and just, just ask God to touch her and heal her. Father, I just thank you so much for Terry and for his faith, for his, his trust, his confidence in you. And we thank you for Ruth and her, her trust and her confidence in you. God, right now, we just pronounce healing over her. We ask you to touch her. We ask you, Father, to send your angels to watch over her and to protect her. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. We actually pray, God, that you would heal her right now, right where she's at. Deliver her from all of these symptoms, God. We just pray your blessing on her. And, God, I pray that she would not have to go on a ventilator, but instead she would be just supernaturally healed. We just ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Bring peace to the family, Lord. Amen. All right, well, you um, should have received a bulletin this morning and, and all of our finances are in there so we're going to take a quick walk through that uh, we're going to start first of all just by taking a look at our, our mission statement our mission statement has been for a number of years and we're still at this we're a family of believers in Jesus loved and equipped by God empowered by the Holy Spirit to pray for and to serve each other and to be salt and light to the ends of the earth now I know that that has kind of remained the same but I just want to tell you in our Celebrate Recovery meeting, as well as in our men's group, I think I'm actually beginning to see this really take hold. We don't put it out there, but you do not go to our men's group. You don't leave our men's group without being told, hey, I love you, at least a half a dozen times, you know. Nobody just walk, they don't walk in and shake anybody's hands. We're a family, man. We, we hug each other. If, if somebody is not there, they get called. So we're starting to see this actually take place, and I believe it's very real. Um, I don't see Scott Eiley here. Um, beginning, is he still over there? Oh, you're run some folks back. Okay. Okay. Um, well, our elders and our, our deacons, I just want to tell you, our elders are responsible for spiritual oversight of the church. Things like today where I actually addressed, uh, you know, a topic that's it's not biblical. I mean, that's just that's a that's a looking at where where's our culture headed. Um, if we get off base with that kind of stuff, or if the teaching gets off base, in part that's the elders' responsibility to help oversee that and make sure that that gets corrected, as well as 
going out and praying for people, going out and uh, ministering to people if we need to. We do that together as a team on occasion. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Praying for each other, that's part of the responsibility of the elders. So I believe the elders' responsibility is spiritual oversight of the church. Our current elders are uh, Lonnie Prine, myself, and Scott Eiley. Now what's happened in the last two years is we've had a couple of guys step off the board and we really haven't replaced them. According to our bylaws, we, we need to have between three and seven or three and eight, three and seven. Yeah, between three and seven elders. So currently what we're doing is I've asked Chris Paskey um, and I've asked Raymond Schaefer, and I've asked Ben Griesen and I've asked um, Brent Swanson to sit in on our elders meetings. At this point in time, they're not elders, but I've asked them to sit in and say, okay, is this a fit for us? Do I think this is what God's calling me to? I really believe in the theory of trying it on for a while before you buy it, if you can. And that's a scenario where we, we certainly can do that. And so that's for them to see if it's a fit, and it's for us to see if it's a fit. Um, we, we work together as a, as a team. Our elders, um, we vote on a lot of things, but we never vote on anything. Um, we vote to ratify or to approve something, but we have never had a two-three-man split. We've never had a one-to-two split. We've never had a five-to-two split. As long as I've been here, we talk about, we pray about, we work our way through a scenario. If we cannot come to a conclusion together, we table it until we do. I don't believe that a church board should be split that way. I don't believe that's the way they should function. I don't believe that's how God would have us to function. I don't think God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit vote. I don't think that's the way it goes. But if we need to ratify something as a board of elders, we do that when we, to make sure that it's a point of business. Um, John Seberg is currently our lone deacon. Um, John has been in that position for a while, and we have kind of looked at what that decomposition really means, and we don't have a whole lot of clarity on that. So that is more my issue than anybody else's to make sure that we get some of that squared away. The deacon's role used to be the physical oversight of the building, but as the building has grown and as some of those things become more technical, sometimes you have to have somebody else do that, and just because he owns his own business and he's quite quite busy. So um, that's kind of where we're, we're at with that. Um, let's uh, grab our bulletins and take a quick look at the finances. Corey is going to help us with our financial report. On the first side, you can go through all of the details as you, as you wish. Currently what we do is we look at the second side of that page and we just kind of do an overview. And so we have um, two different kinds of giving actually. When you give, it's either restricted or unrestricted. There's also other income that comes in, maybe from credit card receipts or from you know, Central Market or whatever it is. And you can see here that our donations, our restricted donations this year were $17,143.18. In 2019, that was a little bit higher. It was 21358 Let me give you a reason why that, I don't know why it is specifically, but if we do something like a missions trip, we have restricted giving. You give and you are restricting that money to that. If we have a missions push, if we have a special speaker, if we have, if you, if you dedicate money to anything for any reason, then that goes in our restricted giving. So one of the reasons that this last year that was so much, that was lower was just because of COVID and we didn't do anything like that. So that's one of the reasons our restricted giving is lower. Our unrestricted giving was higher. So our unrestricted giving, which is our general offerings, $189,155. In 2019, it was $172,000. Other income was 19331 Let me explain that. When COVID took over, they had, uh, when COVID landed, they had the CARES program, it was a PPP program. And what that was, was so that you could make sure you had, if your business was impacted, any business was impacted by COVID, that you could be able to pay your employees. And so there's a formula that they had us follow to determine how much money that would be. And as a church, we qualified for $18,900 of that. Now that was supposed to be a loan 
that was paid back with 1% interest uh, with a possibility of it being for, uh, forgiven. Well, as that loan came due, the uh, government decided that any of those loans that were under $100,000 would just automatically be forgiven. And so for us, that was almost $19,000 that just went right into our, into our giving. That's where that other income is. So um, our grand total for receipts in 2020 was $237,000, $237,388, $338. And in 19, it was uh, 195.22. So you can see that our giving went up substantially in the year. Again, 19,000 of it was that PPP money. Um, one of the things that we noticed was that, uh, and this is kind of in all of the non-denominational churches in our community that I know of, as well as several other communities, is that giving remained very strong during this. Now, if you were in a denominational church, that is not the case. The, the more traditional churches, for whatever reason, that giving was not the case. Many of those, those smaller churches in our area, the, the Lutherans and the Catholic churches, uh, their giving had gone down quite a bit in the, the year. So, um, so that is a look at our financial statement, uh, just what was given for the year. Our disbursements, we have uh, administrative costs, in 2019, our administrative costs were $30,770. Our administrative costs this year were $31,600. And you can look on the other side of the page and you will see our bank charges and ministerial dues and uh, salaries and postage and phone. That's what our administration stuff goes to. So if at any point you want to go through that and have a one-on-one, -on -one, I would gladly sit down with you and have a one-on-one. -on -one. We're just kind of giving you the general overviews right now. Church programming and ministry, um, last year it was $146,647. This year is $122,000. Once again, if you consider the fact that we simply didn't do as many things as we have in years past, um, that's why there was a, a greater savings. You can take a look again at the church programming in the second column there. That talks about all those things, membership, evangelism, uh, ministerial supervision, tithe on tithes, uh, all those other things that we that we have done. Um, property, um, two hundred. I'm sorry, twenty-two thousand two hundred ninety-one dollars in 2019. We spent a little bit more. We spent thirty-four thousand um, dollars. This year, we have just started doing some more remodeling downstairs. Leroy's been doing some some remodeling down there. There's going to be some cost to that. Um, we'll share a little bit more about that in just a little bit. Um, so our total disbursements um, in 2020 were $176,000, 176614 In 2019, it was 211961 So we have a net change in assets where we are currently sitting at uh, plus $58,000. Um, in 2019, we were at negative $19,000. So we're going the right direction this year. It's been a very good, it's very, very good that way. Um, net assets beginning period, uh, $15,229. Net assets at the end of our, uh, end of the period. So when we started the year, we're at 15,000. At the end of the year, we're at $74,000. So we have a quick look then at our, our funds. We have uh, the church general fund. Um, we are currently sitting at $53,213 in our church general fund. From our church general fund, we use that for whatever we might need. You can see that we no longer have a building fund. We used to have a building fund, but that kind of all got wrapped into our loan, and, and we did away with some of those funds. We put that church building fund that was there was a few hundred dollars. We stuck that into our, our general fund. So our church general fund, we're sitting at um, $53,000. Uh, Chapel on the Hill Fund is currently sitting at $3,458. When Chapel on the Hill was up and functional last year, um, basically the monies that came in, I think we started the year out up there with about $1,500, Corey, something like that. And then at the end of the year, we were sitting plus. So we Chapel on the Hill has, the income there has um, sustained itself. Um, we're we're kind of in limbo as to what we're going to do with Chapel on the Hill right now. 
Uh, we've got some ideas. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, children's Church Fund, $284. You can see that went up a whopping $7.36. Um, last year, the kids obviously weren't there putting their nickels in the in the offering. So um, Helps Fund, which is what we call our Benevolence Fund. If we somebody has need of, of finances for moving or for electrical or whatever, um, our Helps Fund sits at $678.21. I will say of that right now, we... We are part of the Detroit Lakes Ministerial, and because of the size of our church, we contribute $500 a year towards the Detroit Lakes Ministerial. What that does is if somebody comes and knocks on our door and says, hey, we have a utility bill due, or hey, I have a, a car payment, or um, more likely food, because we don't really get into house payments and car payments, um, but if somebody has a need for food, or if they're traveling through, um, we first go to the Detroit Lakes Ministerial with that week. We contribute to that, and we go to it. And the reason that we go through that is because what happens with folks who are transient often is they will go to every church in town, and they hit one church up for fifty bucks, and one church up for a hundred, and one church up for three hundred, and the next one for fifty, and they'll make cycles. And that's no slam on anybody; it's just the reality. So what we do is is we uh, we actually go through the ministerial. And the ministerial has people provide with an ID who they are, and they keep track of it. So if somebody comes to me, fine. If Gino comes to me and says, hey, I got this problem, I actually go back and I record it to the, to the uh, now I wouldn't with Gino. If Gino came and had a problem, we'd help him pay it out. But if somebody comes in that's transient that we don't know, if we choose to help them, we help them through the ministerial. And I can tell you the advantage of that is the number of times we've had um, the, the ministerial will put out an alert. Hey, Bob Johnson has gone to 14 places. He's been helped this many times. Um, so just be aware he's taking advantage of the situation. At times, we've helped people find a night in a motel. And one of the benefits of using the ministerial is there have been times when people have trashed a hotel room. And so we find out what's, what's going on and we're able to help or to not help based somewhat on that. So that's how our helps or our benevolence fund uh, goes. Missions fund, uh, we currently have $16,475 in, or we're up $2,500. We continue to support uh, Pastor Leslie and Pastor Roosevelt, both in uh, Haiti. We support them to the tune of $100 each per month. Um, doesn't sound like a lot of money, but the average salary in Haiti is about $200 a year. So they each get $1,200 a year, um, and I can tell you of a surety that they um, give away most of that. We have added a third um, outreach, if you will, in Haiti. Um, we have a young man whose name is Fafa. It's, I, it's just a whole lot easier to pr pronounce Fafa. That's what everybody calls him. Um, and we have attempted a couple of times to get him out of Haiti. He's been out of Haiti one time. He was actually a, uh, wasn't a, did an exchange thing in Canada. Um, and again, get him out. It, it's just the poverty is just so great. Literally, they, they just they don't. So, um, what we have done this year with with Fafa is, he is actually. Um, uh, going to trade school. He is going to trade school to become an electrician. And it is a three-year program. We uh, we are paying all of his expenses, or about 95%, probably 98% of his expenses for schooling. Um, so it will cost us a grand total when it's all said and done to send him to three years of schooling. It will cost us about $5,000. We've had a couple of people contribute to that specifically. Um, this past week, I purchased about uh, $200 worth of tools that we will be sending him. Um, so if we can't get him out of Haiti, maybe we can get him out of poverty. And that's, uh, that's just a big thing. So it's a way that we can help. It's a way that we can reach that community without... Um, it's been Haiti has been closed to any traffic. We haven't been able to go in for over a year. Um, and so I'm not exactly sure where they're at right now, but they've been closed to traffic to this point. The Women's Fund is sitting at $65. Again, what happens is people give towards uh, different events and money ends up sitting in there. So um, 
donations and pledges received there in the blue. You can see that, $88,000. Uh, so those donations and pledges, Corey, that's been towards the building fund, or what's that towards? That's for the building project. You can see our our loan, our principal is 282000 when we When we purchased the building, was we were set for two eighty five. Um, the interest paid on it was forty four thousand. Our interest was at six point six percent because it was a construction loan. We have moved that from a construction loan to a mortgage. It's a twenty year mortgage, but the interest is held at four point two percent for five years, and then we'll have to refinance or re um, calculate the interest. Um, just a heads up. Uh, we maintain that interest for five years. So if somebody would like to write out a check for $266,000, we could just take care of that now and we wouldn't have to worry about negotiating it. Um, if that's not the case, um, we are currently talking about uh, selling Chapel on the Hill. Um, it Barry taught up there last year and the, the um, general consensus was it, it was fine, but it was kind of just early church. It wasn't a whole lot of outreach. And so we're looking at um, selling that. I don't recall exactly, Corey, what the tax value was on that. Was it 140? 160? Okay. Somewhere in that in that range. So if we could, um, we've got a realtor, Marlis is actually looking at that right now to see exactly what that would, what that may bring. I will tell you this. Um, I took two fledgling ministries who were kind of starting in the area and were looking for buildings, and I took two of them up there. Um, one was a was really a fledgling uh, ministry, and the other one has, has been established, but they're looking at putting up a new building. So had prayed about it, had had a couple conversations, finally came up with a, a number in my mind that I thought was doable. Um, took both of those ministries up there at different times, Neither one of them wanted to discuss it at all. They just were totally not interested. So uh, be praying with us, obviously, if that sold at a reasonable price, that would uh, help us be able to, I would like to, my goal, my heart would be to retire our debt in five years. And I don't think that's outrageous. You know, we we built this, we we um, asked for $285,000. I went in partway through and said, I'm not sure that we've got enough money, so they uh, uh, gave us a blank check basically up to 305000 I think we actually came in in the 270 range is what we actually came in at, um, and we've got some stuff to finish, but we also have enough money in our general fund right now. We're waiting for a, uh, a bid on finishing the siding around the building. When we uh, built over here, we, we got enough stone to do the corners, so Corey... Um, Putt Breeze has that stone. He's ready to put that on anytime we are. He simply wants to put the siding on first. So we'd like to finish wrapping the building. Uh, we'd also like to finish up the basement. That's been painted. Ceilings have been scraped. Um, we've got new doors to put in down there. We're hoping to make a storage room and then a few offices so that Celebrate Recovery has got a dedicated office uh, immediately. And then we've got some classroom space down there available. Um, so we're looking at making some changes downstairs, and uh, again, I don't think we're in a bad spot financially. We're we're sitting pretty well, so we can make some of these some of these changes. Um, any questions on the? Oh, uh, currently, by the way, currently our donations every month for um, for the building fund. So when we started, we did a pledge drive. And that pledge drive expired, so we started another pledge drive, and that pledge drive expired. And some people continue to give to the building fund specifically. Um, and so currently our our pledges, again, the pledges have expired, but people are restricted giving. They're, they're giving about $1,100 a month towards uh, the building. Um, we would like to, and I will probably offer it next week, uh, we'd like to start another pledge drive so people could contribute for a year. Our, our uh, building payment to date has been $2,400 a month. And so 
The new payment after we refinance is 18, is that correct? Right, we, it, the new payment is at 18, but we're going, we've chosen to continue on the amortization schedule at $2,400. So our goal is to continue to give $2,400 a month. If, if we do nothing else but do that, we will retire that debt in 12 years if we don't do anything else. But if we raise any other funds along the way that go towards it, we can obviously bring that down. Um, the deal is we know that uh, mortgage rates are down to all-time lows. And so even negotiating for a building, for a commercial building to be at 4.2% is really a good spot for a commercial loan. Um, we don't anticipate at the end of a five-year run that that is going to be any lower. So our goal is going to be to try and kick that out as, as soon as possible. Barry. So far. That was for, the, for last year. The first year of construction loan. Yeah, yeah, the first year, that's right. The first year we didn't make, we, we, we just did an interest only during the construction portion, the construction year. We only did interest. We didn't do any principal. <laughs> two years, year and a half, two years. Our original building loan was what date did we, when did we, what's that? 2018. So we're at 2021. The first year was just interest. That's all we paid was just interest. We were hoping to do fundraisers, and that just never took place. And so that's how we end up that high in, in uh, interest payments. Other questions? Um... We'll move on from our from our finances then. Um, the obviously during COVID we've really restricted down what we're doing as far as ministry outreach. Our children's ministry has been closed down for over a year. Um, I just want to let you know that we're in the process of looking at rebooting that. What we'll do is we're going to probably we're trying to take the summer and just get it figured out. What is what's it going to actually look like? Um, that'll give us time to get the basement figured out downstairs. One of the things that we're going to do as we move forward here in all areas of ministry, um, we have never uh, done, we've never been thorough with doing background checks, and we want to get caught up with doing background checks. Anybody who's involved in children's ministry, anybody who's involved in any kind of serving, quite honestly, is probably going to have to do a background check. That's just where we need to be. Um, we have not done that. We're putting together a, a plan, actually. Um, Raymond has uh, agreed to help kind of structure up some of the nursery and the children's ministry going on downstairs. Um, Annette's volunteered to be a part of that. We've got a number of volunteers. Uh, Christy is willing to work with the children's ministry again. But all of that has just been kind of put on hold um, just because of COVID. So we're hoping to get that fired up. The goal would be to, to kick off the next school year, having all of our ministry, having that whole thing back in place and back up running. Uh, again, we were looking at how do we do, um, let me just give you an example. Um, one of the things that I think we've been really um, slack on is how we, maintain safety for our children downstairs. I don't think that anybody has been in a dangerous spot, but um, we don't have our doors necessarily downstairs locked. See, our doors should be locked downstairs once the service starts so that nobody could come in downstairs unnoticed. We should have that protection available. We have not made our 
children's ministry area secure. That's one of the goals that I would have as we open up. So that would be part of the usher's responsibility. Okay, look, the service has started. Somebody goes down there and makes sure that, that those doors are locked. Nobody can come in. Um, we have not dealt with a disgruntled uh, parent, you know, in the case of a, a divorce or a separation. But that is very likely. I have a couple of churches where that has actually taken place. The church that I came from in Hibbing, just a couple of years ago, they actually had to take a mom, and uh, dad was outside threatening with a gun, and they had to take a mom and get her and her kids into a safe room that they have. Sounds goofy. Sounds like that's something we should not have to think about. But guess what? We have to think about it. And so we want to make sure that we've got safe areas. And I just, I mean, just be honest, we just have not put that much effort into that. And I think that's something as we look at launching our children's ministry this fall we want to make sure that that's safe that that's ready to go i would like to put uh different doors downstairs so they have emergency egress we could lock the doors but if there's a fire they could run out through those doors and just hit a hit an emergency bar and go out uh, there are some things that we need to look at doing so the goal is to spend some time and make sure that we do that right because we don't know uh we just don't know. We, it's a crazy old world, and we believe in the blood of Jesus, and we're praying over our building all the time, and, and I believe we need to continue that. But I think we also need to have some safety things in place. Celebrate Recovery is also a program that's going on on Tuesday nights. We are about 15 weeks in, because I think we're teaching week seven, and week seven, and then there's a testimony, and then so it's week one and testimony, week two and testimony. So we're about 15 weeks in. We um, have not yet begun to do any community advertising. Um, I believe we're at a place where we're ready to do that. We had to get our feet under us, ourselves. We still do not have um, child care for that. There has been some offered, and we're working our way towards that. We'd like to have child care available. Um, we're running about 20 people a week. I think we've been as high as 25. There was one week we had the... I've uh, quickly come up with a third men's group. We had two ladies' group and three men's groups going. Um, so I have been part of uh, of the 15 weeks. I've probably been a part of 12 of them, I would say. And um, really, Scott Eiley leads one group. Um, Bob Spees, who spoke this morning, leads another group. Um, the ladies' group, Cleo, leads one Uh Cleo and Bobby Joe, and then Crystal and Bobby Joe works with her as well, so they're kind of doing some of those things together. Um, but I think it's been a very, very, very profitable time. I think it's we're we're seeing changes. We're seeing people who have this is really an outreach for us. So uh, I think that's a good a good thing to do. Yeah. A ninety-year-old lady wants. She wants to come back. Hallelujah. Maybe we can make her a sponsor. <laughs> we are, um, one, just one, one step, one more thing. One of the things that we, we've kind of struggled with some leadership things taken off, and so we have a core team together, and, and we're just we're pulling people in as we need them. So I just want to let you know we're working at doing that. We've talked about doing an auction before, and um, Bachman has agreed to help us with that, so that is something that we we can do. Uh, they will tell you straight up it's a ton of work to get it ready because you don't want to have a bunch of junk. you got to have some really nice stuff and go out and get some stuff. They are also willing to help us. Now, they they didn't last year. I mean, it, right after we'd talked to them, but they were willing to help us even do some uh, on that, do some trips, right, Lonnie? where they would go out and they would get um, uh, hunting trips or camping trips or vacation things. And um, because they buy so many of them, they can buy a $2,500 trip. They can buy it for $1,200, okay? And so what they would do then is they would start, they would auction those off for us and they would just start at what their cost was. Anything above their cost, they took 10%, we got the rest or something like that. It was really a, quite a, a good deal. And they were willing to do that for for churches to help them raise funds. So there are some things that are out there 
um, that we that we need to do. Other questions? Other so ch- as far as church ministry goes, we are you know our youth programming at this point in time is just it's just non-existent. We only have a few kids that fall in that range. And ben and Jody got some coming up, and Raymond's got some coming up, and so we want to get moving towards that direction. But right now, all children's ministry has just been on hold. But we're ready to to move forward, hoping by this fall too. Um, I will tell you that this coming week on Thursday, I am going to some uh, some leadership meetings down in Marshall, Minnesota. There is a group of churches that are in the northern Minnesota area that kind of fellowship together. So I'm going down to see um, this, what they offer. One of the things that they do is they have um, they do youth retreats together. They do children's ministries together. They do leadership conferences together. So that is something that we are we are looking into. Who can we partner up with? Who can we we because again, for us to put on a a youth retreat would probably would be a pretty difficult thing. But if we can partner with four or five other churches in the area that are doing it and they're they're full gospel churches. They're uh so we're we're looking at that and I'll be actually checking into that more this week. Um that's been a two year project actually. Uh their main meeting was two years ago and I was scheduled to go and it was canceled because of a snowstorm. And the second one was canceled because of COVID. And then all of a sudden, they called me last week. It's like, hey, well, it's only a week, so we'll see if you can make it to this one. I'm not sure whether they think I'm a jinx on the program or not. But um, anyhow, that's where we're at. The, again, the building updates. Uh, again, we refinanced for at 4.2%. Uh, Leroy's doing work downstairs, um, waiting for some quotes on some other things. So we're in we're pretty good shape there. Um, and we've got our missions stuff going to uh, Port-au-Prince. And I know uh, several of you have also uh, begun supporting uh, Bo Schroyer and his family who are with uh, Sudan Interior Ministries. And again, we feel like that is very, very viable ground. I really believe that Bo and his wife Jackie have got, a, they've got their head on straight. They're a really, really solid couple. They have, um, they're part of Vineyard. Um, they've attended here quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't think they consider this their home church, but they've they've certainly considered this to be a very part, very much a part of of their life. And so, Bo and Jackie left this morning actually for Colorado. They have a one month training, um, pretty intense training for them and for their children as to what it's going to be to do some some uh, do this long term missions work. So that's a one month, then they come back, and then in June they have another two or three week uh, session, and then in August they're headed actually to Angola, Africa. And so several of you support them, and I think I think that's very, very much a good cause to support. So questions or comments? The language training? I don't... Part of what they're doing this time is that language training, right? Yeah. They apparently, from what I understand, Barry, they had uh, several options that they could do for training. And the one reason that they took this one this one month training now was because it does family training. It's they have while well, mom and dad are in class doing training, the kids are actually getting trained in missions stuff as well instead of just I'm, I'm going to tell you something about about uh, Bo and Jackie that, that well just about their family their son he's got they have two daughters older and two daughters younger and their son sits right in the middle and and last week while I was just praying for him I had their card in my Bible and I just pulled it out and was praying for him and I felt the Lord just put a huge burden on my heart for their son I don't know his name even Xander what is it Oakley Oakley uh, so I'm just praying for this young guy and I just I actually talked to Bo on Thursday morning, and I said, if you've got two minutes, I'd just like to talk to you. I said, I really believe that you need to get him involved in the ministry aspect as soon as possible. I said, I just, God just really put that on my heart. And he just kind of choked up. He said, you have, you have no idea. He said, yeah, the boys came in and they headed towards the bathroom. So 
<laughs> it's good that they went towards the bathroom. That's good. Uh, he said, you have no idea. He said, my wife and I have been, he has been our greatest concern. We're trying to figure out how we can bi- get bicycles shipped over to Angola, Africa, so he can take kids and teach them how to work on bicycles. He said, he is the one out of all of our kids that just kind of hanging out there. So, you know, when we when we do this stuff, when we take people on and we pray for them, and God gives you an insight, man, share it. I had the opportunity to share that with him, and he just got all choked up, and he's like, you have no idea how much that means to us because he's our he's our concern right now. He's our concern. What's what's going to happen with him? So, anyhow, be praying for their family. Other thoughts? Other concerns? Anybody got concerns going on? Looking at the church moving forward? Things you say? Hey, we really need to look this direction. I don't know how many men were there this morning praying for the church. Seven. I really feel like we just need to continue to open that up. I think with the topic that I brought up this morning, I saw a Fox News report. I'll just We'll just close with this. I just saw a Fox News report. They're showing churches in Ireland that are being closed because of the gospel. They, they were showing churches in England that were being closed because of the gospel. In Canada last week at during the Easter service, police came in to close... Uh, service and that pastor just marched them right out the door you're not welcome here get off our property you're not welcome get off our property and it was like five cops and he marched them right off the property and I say all of it not to be in fear not because I love Fox News I just say it because I believe we're coming into those days I I believe that's very real I think the church is gonna quite honestly again uh, I think as the church stands for what we stand for and we believe what we believe and we're clear that we believe it's the name of Jesus Christ that saves, that we're going to face persecution for that at some level. Um, locally, our law enforcement is, uh, I believe they're believers, chief of police and sheriff. Um, we need to be praying for those guys. I believe they support the Christian cause. Again, when we were doing the church outside and uh, Sheriff Todd Glander had said to me, you know, you can't do this. We were going to do the second week after Easter. We we're going to do another week. And he's like, you can't do that. You know, the governor has closed us down. And I kind of went back and forth with him. I said, this is an essential service. He said, you're right, blah, blah, blah. I sent back a picture of his paperwork that he sent to me. I highlighted some things. He's like, oh, as long as you keep your cars six feet away from each other and everybody keeps their windows rolled up. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, that's not going to happen. We're having this conversation. Finally, he just said, Look, I will just tell my deputies to stay off of Highland Drive from from 10 to 12. And I say that because he he understands that we believe that, that this is an essential service to our community, that this really is what we need to be doing. It's what God's called us to do. And so we're going to continue to do it, but if we end up with a different chief of police or for some reason a different sheriff, it could look different for us. So be praying for those men. I really believe that. Barry, the jail is opening up. The new jail is opening up, you said, right? And uh, the sher- the chief of police is allowing pastors to come in and do a basically a walkthrough and to pray over the building and pray over the officers. That's the kind of chief of police that we have. So he's willing to do that for us. Um, so we need to be praying for those guys. Anybody else, other concerns, other questions? How'd that go?
Can you tell us what was the heart of you? What, what did you start with? What did you? So Barry's uh, proposal to me or his conversation with me beforehand was, look, we, we just want to say, hey, we want to work with you. And we won't, there are some things that I believe we want in this community, uh, righteousness, for example. And we don't want to just roll over as a community and play dead. You know, it's like I said this morning, the hands, the, the fate of our nation lies in the hands of 51 people. That's a big deal regarding this Equality Act. Um, how we see life. Well, we have a school board on a local level um, that makes decisions, and we want to have input into that. And I think it's very valuable. My daughter Zoe is a, a sign language interpreter and she has several classes where teachers quite freely promote their liberal political agenda. And as a teacher, the student should never know that. To be honest, it, it should be a learning environment. And so instead of berating somebody else, you know, for their, they're supposed to be teaching. So there's just things that we need to be involved in and be praying for. So um, I think, Kudos, man. That's a good job. It's a good thing to do. So, other questions, other answers, concerns. All right. I told you to have you here as short as possible. So let's just close in prayer. I think again, financially, the church is in a pretty good spot. Um, we can, I believe, we can work towards paying this building off, and um, who knows. Maybe if we get it all paid off, we'll do something crazy like pave the parking lot and do another addition, put in a commercial kitchen upstairs so nobody's got to walk up and down. How's that? 
Otherwise, Jim Hokinson wants to put in a dumb waiter. Just saying. So let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for these folks. Lord, obviously, they're, they have a care and concern about the body here and what's going on. And so we thank you for that. Lord, we ask that you would uh, help us to continue to be a light in this community. And it's going to take place in different ways. Sometimes it's going to be on the air. Sometimes it's going to be in front of a school board. Sometimes it's going to be one-on-one in Walmart. And Lord, I just pray that you will use us in those ways. Sometimes it's going to be in our place of business, and sometimes it's going to be in all three of those in the same day. I thank you for that. Thank you for the men who are praying for our congregation. God, I pray that that level of uh, intensity in prayer just continues. We desperately need you going before us, and we need to be following. We pray for wisdom, God. Our elder board is continually looking and praying for wisdom um, as we have meetings. It's not our intent to do anything without following you. So just thank you for this body. Um, God, we thank you that you've, you've blessed our finances. We pray for wisdom as it regards to finances. We don't want to do anything foolish. We just thank you for your, your goodness towards us and for your life towards us. And we just ask you, Lord, to bless this body. A lot of people who um, come in and out of our lives, and Lord, I just pray that you would you would be with and you'd bless each one of them and help us to know how we stand together and walk in unity as a body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for hanging around. I can tell you from having conversations with church people over the last 25 years about board meetings and about annual business meetings and it's not that a lot of people don't care. It's just that a lot of people say, well, nothing's going on that's wrong, so I'm going home, you know, so just is what it is, but bless you and have a great day.